0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California.
1: Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. <laughs> the recording didn't start when I asked it to, so I just started again. So, um,
0: so as I was saying, Andrea, uh, she spoke a little bit about the Paramis, this list of beautiful, beautiful qualities. That uh, that we develop through practice, and that um, are a great support to our our hearts and minds in their journey towards freedom. And she suggested we can reflect on their presence or their absence in in us. You know, during our meditation, as a reflective pra- practice. So I just, as I said, I really love this list of the paramis. And I think any of us, I know I would, would be really happy to uh, be acquainted with someone who expressed all of these qualities wherever wherever they showed up um, in, in my life. The, the qualities, they aren't exclusive to Buddhism. You know, they're the kinds of things that, that human beings have uh, in every culture, I think, have admired and uh, aspired to. For thousands of years. The list begins with generosity and it ends with equanimity and the order in the the way it's presented in the text is uh, generosity first, then sila, ethical conduct, renunciation or letting go, wisdom, energy, patience, truthfulness, determination, love, metta, and equanimity so it's a lovely list and it can be thought of and it can be thought of and approached as a a progression you know from beginning to end and there are uh descriptions of how the full development of one of the paramis is a conditioning factor for the arising of the next one so that when there's fully developed generosity that naturally gives rise to ethical conduct And then uh, that, when it's fully developed, leads naturally to the development of renunciation and so on through the list. But it's also possible to look at any one of them individually, whichever feels the most kind of useful to cultivate at any particular time and to investigate it, to reflect upon it, see how helpful it is. In giving rise uh, to the others, you know, how is it a conditioning factor for the others, and how would it help in your own uh, development of uh, wisdom and compassion? So I think each one of them can be seen as a, a support to all the others. It's kind of, they work in concert, and it, it kind of reminds me of it's like a web with many intersecting threads, or like a Venn diagram, you know, where all the intersecting circles where, where they, they meet, and each, each one of these qualities intersects with all the others. you know they're all uh, interrelated. So this morning, um, the one that I want to talk about is "resolve" or determination," which is the eighth of the ten, if you're going in a progression. And the Pali word for this quality is "Aditana." Aditana. And my sense is, at least for me, that it needs to be present in order to to cultivate um, generosity, ethical conduct, renunciation, wisdom, energy, patience, all the others. There needs to be this quality. You know, we often talk um, in this uh, tradition, we often talk about working the edge of our practice. But by which we usually mean, you know, that place where we kind of run into our strongest challenges, where we might not feel quite ready to to go, and uh, the edge of our practice. It's often it's kind of the juiciest place to practice, but it's also a place where we might tend to hold back, where we fall into habitual ways of dealing with life because it seems kind of challenging to meet the edge. But each time we do, we Meet and are willing to uh, work with some unskillful habit or some, you know, habit of mind that is or attitude of mind, um, we're moving in the direction of becoming free, becoming free of greed, hatred, and delusion. And as we practice, I think as we mature in practice, we encounter um, a lot of places in ourselves where change would be beneficial and maybe where we've uh, kind of cast our, our eyes in a different direction, sort of ignored um, and avoided, uh, avoided looking. And those areas can be the edges of our practice, places we haven't really looked. And our practice can be reflective in that way. We can notice the areas where we could be more skillful. We can reflect on what would be, most useful to bring into that area in order to bring about change, most conducive to developing qualities that lead more in the direction of freedom and away from the direction of uh, creating dukkha for ourselves, letting go of the habits that get us stuck. And, you know, there are so many different areas of life where, um, where uh, we might get stuck, you know, for some of us it, might be related to um, worldly gain or success. You know, we might know intellectually that having the best things or the best job or the most perfect partner, that none of those things really lead to reliable happiness, but still something in us moves us in that direction. We still keep moving in that way. And for some, maybe it's a tendency, a kind of a mental habitual tendency to become angry or impatient. And again, maybe we recognize, oh, this this isn't helpful, this isn't useful. But we haven't investigated, you know, what gives rise to those reactive um, attitudes or, or consciously cultivated uh, antidotes like metta or patience, some of the other paramis. Sometimes it's working with self-centeredness, you know, trying to move beyond that tendency to put our self-concern at the kind of center of uh, of our uh, priorities for what's uh, what's important to do in life or some, for some of us, there are things like addictions, you know, to addictions to substances, addictions to electronic devices, to distracting activities like uh, Netflix, you know, uh, shows or,
1: uh, or
0: chunky books. (laughs) Or it might be something related uh, to formal sitting practice, you know, knowing that it would be beneficial to be able to sit longer or to not move immediately when there's the least bit of discomfort, um, to ma- maintain continuity of awareness, continuity of mindfulness. Maybe it would we recognize it would be useful to focus more on mindfulness than on just becoming calm and uh and, and uh, happy at ease, to develop more concentration, perhaps. So there are all so many different ways that, uh, that we might feel uh, where we have an edge that we haven't tried to meet. A lot of tendencies or attitudes that become apparent to us as we, as we become more mindful. And everybody is different, of course. So you might ask yourself, you know, where's the edge in my practice? What quality of mind or heart would it take in me to meet that edge? What do I need in order to meet that edge?
1: Is there some place I'm ignoring uh, where uh, where it would be beneficial to actually do some work Often uh, the response to uh, to seeing our our edge, to coming up close to it,
0: is to back away from it and uh, to work with what's easier to what's less challenging in order to kind of push it away a little bit further. And uh, what we need uh, in that case is this quality of aditana, of resolve. We need gumption as an American word. I don't know if it's used in other (laughs) areas of uh, where English Speakers are gumption. It's not some specifically Buddhist quality. It's something I think probably many of us were uh, encouraged to develop by our parents or or teachers when we were young. You know, something we needed to get through that tough math class, that algebra class, or to uh, to start a healthier diet or to begin you know an exercise regime. All the things that take a little bit of extra effort, we need that quality of determination, of resolve. Any challenge requires determination in order to meet, in order to begin, begin to work with. And sometimes um, what we need to work with, the edge maybe of our practice, is not so easy to identify. There can be a kind of a sense of resignation sometimes in practice. Oh, this is as good as it's going to get for me. You know, I'm just not, really cut off to be cut out to be free Um, or sometimes when practice and life is going you know well going nicely according to plan sometimes a sense of uh, complacency can arise in in us and we just sort of skate along every day you know feeling the same way having a nice sit Getting quiet and calm, going about our business. Sometimes that can happen for years, and it's. I think it's really uh, useful, and it takes some aditana, a little bit of determination, to pay attention and recognize when contentment, which is a you know really nice quality to have, a beneficial quality, morphs into the sense of complacency. There's a. It can you know it can just kind of slide into. Uh, a sense of complacency. I think there's a kind of laziness inherent in complacency, which you can tune into, you can feel that. And when that's present, oh, it's probably not so healthy. It's not contentment here. It's complacency. And maybe I need to do something else. Maybe I need to work a little harder. Aditana, that quality of resolve or determination, it's pretty much the opposite of, of laziness, I think. So you know, it's clear that this quality is something that we're we're already familiar with in in daily life, um, and probably we probably agree that it's useful in that context. But you know, in the context of our spiritual path as a parami, a perfection, uh, we can look at determination in terms of of the ways that cultivating and developing it moves us in the direction of freedom rather than, you know, how it helps us achieve our kind of uh, worldly goals, become a better person, better athlete, better partner. It's what helps us to stick with what's difficult because our intention is for liberation. It's sometimes spoken of as uh, the bridge between intention and action. I think that's a useful way of looking at it as a bridge between intention and action. When we have a strong uh, aspiration for uh, something in our life, you know, to give up a bad habit perhaps, or maybe to awaken fully, um, that's a possible aspiration, which I encourage (laughs) in all of us resolve is really necessary in order to achieve it. And, uh, and conversely, when we have a strong aspiration, that it supports the development of determination. So we need determination behind our aspiration. And when we have a strong aspiration, it kind of gives rise to determination as well. It makes us want to really go for it, you know, to have this that quality of gumption, as I called it before. Determination, resolve, perseverance is another Translation that we use for this word, Aditana. Strong aspiration really fuels it, gives, gives it energy. And, and when it's fully developed, um, it, has a, it, it has a kind of a quality of confidence that comes with it, you know, a kind of a stability of heart, a confidence that becomes more effortless because our intention is so strong. You could, I think you could say that uh, intention is a sort of a a approximate cause for the arising of determination. It is that bridge between intention and action. And it's strong development, it leads to a kind of a moral strength that goes along with that sense of confidence, a sense of purpose. The confidence to then act, you know, serves as that bridge. It's a kind of oomph to our actions. Dedication, commitment, persistence, perseverance. Those are all uh, different ways of, uh, of translating this word. And whichever one kind of, you know, fits a particular uh, uh, situation or what, you know resonates with, with your own heart more is uh, one to use. I know some people don't like the idea of determination. I don't know why. Well, maybe I'll talk about that a little bit. You know, there is uh, uh, sometimes we say uh, uh, practice like your hair's on fire. You know, there's some urgency, definite urgency to practice because it's important. (laughs) It's important. And the intention behind that advice, you know, is to increase our dedication to effort. But for some, that can lead to a level of effort that's not so skillful, you know, that feels stressful, that feels tight, a sense of straining, pushing, or pulling too hard, like a dog that's just yanking you along on its lead when you're going for a, a walk. So that's another area where it's, it's useful to use your discrimination to, to develop discernment about the difference between resolve, determination, and straining striving in uh, in this western culture you know i think it's it's really useful to be on the lookout for uh, for how that can happen how when we have determination it can move into a sense of kind of this a sense of urgency which is is associated with straining i think that uh, that has a quality you know it is it it, it is dukkha it has that constricting constraining feeling there's a strong sense of me, I think, that uh, appears an identification with the, the effort that we're making that's constricted and tight. Whenever there's a me, you know, whenever there's a lot of selfing at the center of our effort, uh, there is a sense of uh, constriction, I think. Wholesome perseverance, wholesome determination doesn't have that tight quality.
1: It has energy, it has effort, but it's not constrained. It's not constricted in this uh unwholesome striving i think there's you know there's maybe more emphasis
0: on the outcome of the effort than there is on just keeping going you know just just keeping going just walking the path doing what's needed in the moment and uh, i think in meditation practice that can show up sometimes as a you know kind of an intensity i think i you know maybe this is unfair but i kind of associate this with young people especially young men really going for it in such a way that uh there's an intense focus on the breath or other object in uh, you know in meditation and vipassana meditation trying hard to stay mindful just like oh i'm really going to be mindful or to get concentrated and what can end up happening is that you get a headache actually with from that kind of practice. <clears throat> in daily life, maybe there's an example of the way, you know, some people drive when people who are just really, really want to get ahead of everybody else. And they're zooming in and out of uh, of traffic, you know, moving from one lane to another and passing, passing and always trying to get in in front of the person and ahead of them. And uh, sometimes when I'm aware of that happening around me I'll be driving along just trying to do my best to stay out of trouble and get where I'm going and what happens often is that at the next time there's a stoplight I'll see that person is just beside me or behind me didn't really didn't really achieve anything by all the straining and stress or sometimes a person might be stopped by the side of the road by a police car. I think the fable of the hare and the tortoise, it kind of speaks to the difference between wholesome determination and unskillful straining. It's kind of a, a model of that. I used to do a lot of backpacking uh, when I was younger, lots of uh, backpacking in the Sierra Nevada mountains here in California and Um, If I just kept looking up at that ridge, you know, a couple miles away and thinking how I needed to get there, I needed to get there, I'd start to feel stressed and really definitely a lot more tired than if I just took it one step at a time, step by step, just staying right where I was, but
1: moving along. Another way of uh, of thinking about this
0: quality of Aditana that I really resonate with really strongly is, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of vows, uh, vows, I, I know th- that word, sometimes it doesn't work for people, um, but it really, it really resonates uh, with me. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Gil gave a a talk. Um, I think it was one of the Sunday morning talks where he talked about vows and about how usually when we begin with, uh, with mindfulness practice, uh, when we first get involved in mindfulness practice, it's because we're interested, you know, we're interested. And then at some point, as we discover what the practice can do, how, you know, how it affects our minds and hearts and, um, We make a conscious decision to make it part of our life, you know. And for some of us, we put it right at the center of our lives. And so that interest, it strengthens into this quality of resolve. Resolve becomes a kind of natural outcome of having really strong interest and seeing the effects of of the practice on our lives. And for some of us, this takes the form then of formal vows, um, and Dil, he's, in this talk, he spoke about his own decision to dedicate his life to the end of suffering for all beings, you know, and expression of the, the bodhisattva vows from the Mahayana tradition. I kind of share that, uh, that determination. Every time I, I take, sit for formal practice, I make a silent vow. I say, from now until full awakening, I take refuge in the Buddha, in the Dharma, in the Sangha. May my generosity and other virtues, may my practice, may my entire life lead to full awakening for the benefit of all beings. Every time, and it that it it gives me um, it gives me that gumption, it gives me that oomph that is needed to keep walking the path. There's something about a vow that can inspire dedication. It can inspire this persistence, I think, uh, in practice. It's a a kind of a verbal way of aligning uh, intention with our deepest uh, aspiration. And for me, it creates a kind of a sense of accountability as well. I'm actually saying these words. I'm, I'm, I'm saying them in a way that. Um, I'm going to pay attention to them in future. <clears throat> Ajahn uh, Tanisaro, Tanisaro Biku, you know Ajahn Jeff, as we call him, American uh, monk who has a little monastery in, a, in an avocado orchard in San Diego County here in California. He speaks of this word of uh, vow in terms of more kind of narrowly focused vows, which can also be, I think, useful in practice. Um, he thinks of, he's speaking of the word aditana as vows in this more, in a more narrow way. He talks about vow sittings, you know, like maybe vowing to meditate for a particular amount of time. That's that's a stretch for you. That's longer than you normally sit or to not move during a sit. Or vows about refraining from certain behaviors, you know, maybe eating animal uh, foods or uh, or gossiping or um, or using alcohol or, or drugs, a vow can uh, it can give power to our intention. It's like a promise, and it, it I think it implies a, a a deep connection, a heart connection to the intention that we're uh, we're vowing uh, to keep. It's it's again it
1: becomes that bridge between intention and action. Um, in the Majjhima
0: Nikaya, in, in number one forty, there's a. It's a lovely sutta where the the Buddha spends the night um, in a pottery shed, and gives uh, instruction to a traveling monk who who happens to be there. And the Buddha kind of disguises himself, so he's he's not really known. And the 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 other monk is is hoping to meet the Buddha. That's why he's traveling, but he doesn't rec- or he doesn't recognize him. And the Buddha. He gives instruction all night long to this, uh, this other monk. And uh, after he's expounded the Dharma all night, uh, uh, the monk does recognize, oh, this must be the Buddha himself. And he goes for refuge at that time. But during, during the night, part of the text, uh, the Buddha speaks of four resolves that are part of the path to awakening. And he calls them aditana. To resolve
1: upon wisdom. The wisdom of knowing, impermanence, dukkha, not self. To know them really clearly. To resolve upon truth, speaking truthfully about wisdom. To resolve upon generosity,
0: relinquishment, which naturally comes about as a, a part of wisdom once we know you know that holding on to things is not the path to happiness. Then this relinquishment becomes a, becomes natural. But we resolve upon it, and then the fourth resolve is to resolve upon peace. And peace is the result of of the others is seen as the result of the others in this uh, in this sutta. When there is wisdom and truth and relinquishment in full, fully developed, then there is peace. And in order to develop this fullness, this quality of determination, perseverance, commitment, aditana, it's, it's, it's necessary. So
1: those are some beautiful onward leading
0: qualities that, uh, that we can resolve or vow to develop or to perfect, to make paramis, because they are all paramis. So I really, I encourage you to, uh, to create vows for yourself or resolves. If vow is a, you know, it was a word you don't really resonate with that, uh, you know, that can really can serve as that bridge between intention and,
1: uh, and action. And that's what I have for, uh, for this morning, and um, I, now I welcome
0: any kind of comments or questions or any vows you might have that you'd like to share with uh, the rest of us. And you can, uh, I, I just invite you to unmute yourself if you'd like and uh, can raise your hand if you want. You don't have to raise your Zoom hand. You, a,
1: we're a small enough group that I can see everyone. Any comments you have? Well, I'm going to have to ask you a question then, so <laughs> you don't have to
0: answer verbally, but uh, um, how about uh, the
1: idea of, uh, of uh, making, making a vow? Um, what,
0: what, would you, what would be useful in the way of uh, a resolve in your practice, in your life? you know, right now what
1: would what would serve you best serve your uh, your movement towards freedom towards awakening best right now this time in your life i think it's something worth thinking about for sure Here's a, a translation of the, uh, of the Bodhisattva vows.
0: It comes from uh, San Francisco Zen Centers, the way they translate the, the
1: vows there. Beings are numberless. I vow to free them. Delusions are inexhaustible.
0: I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless.
1: I vow to enter them. The Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. So those are those are vows that no one
0: <laughs> could ever accomplish. And that's, I think, that for me, when I read those, that's part of their power. Actually, it's like, okay, I know this. I can never do this, but it. It makes that bridge between intention and action uh, kind of uh have a lot more strength you know to to commit oneself to something that's uh,
1: that's really out of range uh, for the human uh, experience. yeah, Diana You're muted. Okay.
2: I'm laid up with a really twisted ankle, so I'll keep myself off the screen. Uh, can can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Um, there was a time when I was taking a class on the paramees, and for whatever reason, I just became so enamored with the word paramies. I imagined them as ten cute little things jumping around like pac ben I don't know what. I don't know where that came from. So it it became a bit overwhelming in the studies. So I decided to adopt one like I was adopting this cute little thing and practicing with it. So I adopted um, generosity and just stayed with that. And that has stayed with me in the sense of the awareness of it and um, seeing it. And um, seeking to see it in myself and others,
1: uh-huh. and
2: when the instances are there. So, this, so listening to you, uh, I started. I, I loved what you're talking about. We all have some sort of perseverance. Sometimes I think I have none, but that's not true. And I remember in school taking one class over and over because I it was geometry or something I couldn't get it and I finally got it and so that I could uh, I needed that grade or those kinds of things I've taught my I've learned all kinds of new things I learn and study the dharma I mean I just as putting myself down and so uh, it is true I have determination and yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to adopt another parami, and that will be that. <laughs> and I will, and I will. I think I can resolve. I love your vow, uh, but there's something I can resolve to do, and that um, what I want to do on, in my practice is to do more sitting on my own. I love to listen to people, and uh, and. Listen to you and the others and so forth, but just sit more on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've never had that discipline.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It, and it's, uh, I call it discipline. I've always gone to groups. I'm really just uh, um, appreciating the groups more and more of the Sangha
1: mm-hmm.
2: and learning more, but I don't uh, do enough on my own which I can easily do and I know it's a different experience so that's something that I can I can have a vow for and I can adopt that determine adopt a determination on that so yeah but I would
0: that is a great determination for sure (laughs) (laughs) um
2: okay uh, thank you Uh
0: thank you and also I, I I think if you look at your uh you know your your practice of, of with generosity and your, you know, having kind of adopted that as your personal army, mm-hmm. I think you mm-hmm. might see how it has affected the others as well. You know, you might just look and see if it's had an effect mm-hmm. on your physical conduct and your ability mm-hmm. to let go and all the rest. So mm-hmm. pay attention.
2: Okay, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks, Diana. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes, yeah, Stuart. Hi. Thanks for that. It was very.
2: Helpful talk, thank you.
1: the The question
2: I'd like to raise is the difference between a vow and an aspiration.
1: Mm, uh
2: And I find it quite easy to develop an aspiration to be generous or to be kind,
1: Uh or in
2: my case, especially to be patient. But a vow seems just that little bit more difficult than an aspiration.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, what I said about the edge of our practice It's I, I think there is a sense in which that moving from an aspiration to a vow is kind of meeting an edge there, in a way, it's like, uh, it is, it's a little bit more, it's more of a promise, you know, so there's, there's just a little bit more accountability uh, associated with it than an, an aspiration can just sort of feel good, you know, I aspire mm-hmm. to do this, but then if we actually promise to do it, then there's some we have a responsibility there, and that that can feel a little bit more challenging. So, yeah, I think it is a little more challenging for sure. But Thank you. I think it's worth doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a try. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, if not, um, I invite you to unmute yourselves and just say hi and bye
0: <laughs> to everybody else in the, in the group this morning. It was a pleasure to be with you and and I hope you have a a life that has lots of determination and all the other paramis
1: as well, you know, starting with generosity, ending with equanimity.